A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So, join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddle and today I'm here with Marion Barker from Freshwater Cultural Careers. Hello Marianne, how are you? Hi, hi Nick, all good, thank you. Marvellous, thanks for uh, appearing on our podcast, uh, much appreciated. Um, let's get started, straight into the questions. Um, I'm sure you've got lots of nuggets uh, and words of wisdom to share, um, but let's just sort of go back uh, to the beginning really. Um, and how long have you been in the industry, uh, recruiting in the, in the landscaping industry? Uh, I've been in the recruitment industry for 35 years and recruiting for horticulture for 21 now. Right, 21 years um, yes. recruiting for landscapers. Very good, yes. very good. So lots of um, lots of nuggets to, to share with many people. Um, so if we go back to the very early years in, 35 years ago, where did it all start? Um, I fell into recruitment by accident, um, as a lot of people do. Um, my mum was a teacher. When I grew up, mum was a teacher, worked pretty much full time as I grew up, and dad ran his own business. I left university, went to university in York, left university looking for work um, and went into a recruitment agency. And they said, what experience have you had? I said, I've been a barmaid. I've been a waitress. I said, I've worked for my dad's business. And they said, oh, yeah, what did you do? So I said, well, I'll answer the phone in one office. And if somebody asks for the accounts department, I'll put the phone down in that office, run through to the next and pick up the phone and say accounts, accounts department speaking. So very quickly learnt that when you run your own business, you wear a lot of different hats. So on the basis of that story, this recruitment agency offered me a job and the rest, they say, is history. Mm. Yeah. So whereabouts was that? Uh, That was in Guildford. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, And where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a place called Hazelmere in Surrey. Oh, right. Okay. So you, that's where you were from then, that sort of Surrey, Guildford, Hazelmere area. Very good. And, and, and so schooling around that way, 
first jobs around that way and the recruitment around yeah. that way. Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah. what made you go into business for yourself then? What was it that sort of made you think, right, well, I've, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Um, I like what I'm doing. Maybe working for someone else and maybe could do it better or want to be in control and, and in control of your own destiny? Yeah, I, a combination of all those things. I, I worked in corporate recruitment, got made redundant in 1990, worked mainly in the city. Um, so high street recruitment, mainly for Reed. Um, made redundant in 90 and went to work for a couple of the other high streets and hated it. I'd been a, a regional manager um, when I left, when I was made redundant. Um, so I was very much used to the sort of the management side and dealing with clients um, and was very much my own boss. We were, were an excellent company to work for. Um, I had a particular client who followed me wherever I went. So when I left uh, one of the high street companies, she suggested that I go and work for, for an Australian guy, which I did. Um, and I set up a secretarial division for him. And it was during this time that there were lots of Australians and New Zealanders coming into the office every now and then, and they'd be going out to work for companies like Clifton's, um, another client of mine who's still a client of mine, Turret Landscapes, and nobody seemed to be doing anything about it. Um, and I made the suggestion that we actually took it and made a separate suggestion of it. Um, and so that's what we did. That's what we did. So you started... He left me to, to, to run the whole thing myself, you know, absolutely everything. So, yeah. So was that specialising in the landscaping area? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy I worked for was, a, was a, an accountant and he did accountancy type things. Mm. I came in and set up the um, secretarial division for him. And whilst I was doing that, I noticed that there was this and I didn't really know, it, it, it was really the Antipodean connection that did it. So young Aussies and Kiwis over in London, mm. um, and they either went into agricultural roles or they went into landscaping and horticulture. Um, and I realised that obviously there was a market there. And so, yeah, so suggested that we actually looked at that and it became, it was, it was massive. At one stage it was massive. Um, and then... Uh, things changed there and and so when I left him six six seven years later I kind of thought what do I do now went back into high street hated every minute of it and thought right mm. why don't I go back uh, and relaunch this which is what we did yeah what was it that you hated about going back into high street specifically uh, very much um everything was about targets was about figures was about and wasn't actually about people yeah and having been out of the corporate market for a while I'd forgotten the layers of, of not quite sure what the right word is but uh, the hierarchical nature of the business and 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 dealing with landscaping and horticulture with the clients that we were dealing with it was straightforward honest conversations um and just nicer people to deal with to be honest <laughs> yeah and recruitment is all about people isn't it really and i think that that's a lot, often the issues when you've got these big high street companies it's so target driven and making sure you make it hitting, yeah. hitting the profit getting your break evens because obviously every every single bum on a chair needs to be making the money so they're so focused on that 
And sometimes I think he can take your eye off the ball in, in terms of like, what are we doing it for anyways? We're all about helping people find great jobs, helping people find great employees. Um, it shouldn't be about the numbers because if you do a great job, the byproduct is that you'll make the sales anyway, won't you? You know, if you focus yeah, on doing yeah. a great job, finding the right people and, and matching, genuinely matching great people with the right kind of job and right kind of company fit, yeah. then you're gonna yeah, you're yeah. gonna hit your target. So that's nice that you uh, that you that you you know you didn't like that and you wanted to focus more on the people. So so at that point, then you went and, and set up um, fresh horticultural yes. careers. Uh, well, we were we were originally, as everybody who knows me will know, we were originally called Anders Plus, um, and yeah, literally um, in a, a warehouse storage building in um, in Vauxhall, which no longer exists. It was pulled down. Sorry, Nick, bear with me. Um, it was pulled down. and uh, But when we went there, we borrowed the office off a friend of ours um, who'd actually been a client, um, and he did removals, specialist removals. So... Um, we we occupied the office during the day and he was there at the weekend sometimes with a fax machine and a phone and that was it really that was it and yellow pages yeah. <laughs> something so, something like that something like that i mean it, it's you know uh, we'd have had very good relationships with some of them you know some of the, the they're still the big names in the industry yeah. um and, and literally it was then, as it is today, to a certain extent, there's one similarity. If you get a CV or if you get an individual in front of you with the right attitude and, and the right experience, mm. you can find them work. And it's just, and, 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 and the art of it, if you like, is, is making sure, is actually sort of understanding the chemistry of your clients and understanding what people fit with them. Yeah, so I suppose it, it comes down to sort of shared values, doesn't it? You've got, you've got, you've got to match the right people yeah. with the right sort of, common values the shared you know like-minded companies uh, like-minded yeah. values um, i think once you find the right people based on the right culture it, it works because you know otherwise there's a disconnect isn't there if you, if you have people that don't share the same values as you there's always going to be issues along the road and i think that's one of the areas that we we focus on you know making sure that companies know what their values are because then they can attract the right kind of people i'm sure yeah, you've uh, you sort of say the same thing to, to them to your clients okay good so you um you started out um, from hum humble beginnings, you know, in, in that, um, that office. <laughs> very, very, very. So uh, what does it look like now then? So all these, what, fast forward 20 odd years later, what does it look like now? In a sense, not dissimilar. Um, I mean, I think one of the, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to remember what you've achieved. And, and I think probably one of the achievements is surviving. Um probably not dissimilar in terms of numbers of people that, that, that work with us. Mm. We have a small office. Um, we're based in Kennington in South London now because throughout, throughout the whole, whole period of time, we, we've stayed in South London because in the end, what's happened is I've recruited people to work with me who live within that area. Yeah. So we're in Kennington now in a small office, but obviously pandemic and everything, not so much face-to-face lots of this lots of zoom lots of team meeting and we facetime a lot of candidates now the biggest difference now really um is we're not dealing with the numbers that we were dealing particularly on the temp side um sort of prior prior to global meltdown if you like 2010 um and changes in visa regulations um 
we were running probably between 150, around about 150 temporary staff a week, plus and, and, and less on the permanent placement side. So it's quite different in terms of the balance of the business. Yeah, we do both sides, temps and perms. But yeah, temps can be very time consuming though, can't they? You know, perms in one way, much easier. Um, but the, yeah. the temps give you the nice bread and butter and um, helps people out short term. Good. So, um, okay, what do you think the most important elements are to running a successful business? You've been in, in this business now for what, 21 years, do you say? Um, yeah. So what would you say the most important elements are to making sure you run a successful one? Knowing your business and knowing your figures. Yeah. Number, knowing your numbers is pretty important, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I learned that one the hard way. Yeah, yeah. That's um, one area that whether you're a recruitment company, an accountancy firm, a landscape business, if you don't know your numbers and you don't understand the numbers, then um, how do you know whether you're winning or losing, whether you're making a profit or whether you're not, whether the decision yeah, is going to be good or not? And I think that that one thing I think to, to really highlight for anyone listening, you know, in any in any business, understanding your numbers is crucial because if you don't, then uh, you can go out of business. <laughs> yeah. What you do, but you need to be very good at knowing your numbers. And people shy away from that. I always find that people are sort of scared of it because they don't understand it. And therefore, you know, not necessarily making the right decisions, the best decisions in the business. Okay, so what, what would you say the biggest mistakes you've made or the lessons you've learned in, in your years of being? Right. Um, I think the first one was letting somebody else run my business, figures-wise, um, and trusting them to get on with it and trusting them to, to do. I think that was probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. Um, you know, I, I thought, well... I'm good at the people side. I'm good at that thing. So yes, and I feel that I run my business better now that I have a, a, an understanding of what it all looks like um, from 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 that side of thing. I think I run my, my business better now than I than I ever did. Um, I just wish we had the I just wish we had the Australians and the New Zealanders back so I could help more people out more easily, more quickly. But but yeah. there we go. Um, so that one. Um, what else have I learned? Um, okay, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Right. <laughs> be, patient, be patient. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've all recruited in haste. Yeah. Um, you know, you're so so desperate, so don't panic um, because sometimes the right answers come to you if you don't panic. Yeah, be a bit more patient and uh, don't recruit yeah. sort of a bad bunch. Take your time a little bit. Okay, yeah. what else? What other, what other challenges have you had? What other lessons have you learned? Um, okay. Okay. I think, well, having survived, having survived a um, couple of, couple of um, um, having survived the pandemic, having survived um, the complete, you know, we lost all the Antipodeans, um, you know, post-2010. Post um, I, I think... I think the biggest lesson is, is just recruiting for attitude and training people. Um, that's, that's more important as a, as a small business, I can't compete with what high street recruitment pays. So I have to look for people who have a genuine interest in what we're doing and who have a genuine interest in people because we have to deal with all sorts of different people, you know, from, and, and particularly, you know, particularly as the, we dealt with the European market. Um, 
yeah, you have to be very patient and you have to be a people's person. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Resilient, resilience. Oh, resilience. I think everyone who's been in business has to become bulletproof, don't they? Because there's so many ups and downs, so many challenges yeah. you face along the way, whether you're a recruitment, well, recruitment company or a landscape industry, there's always ups and downs. It's a roller coaster yeah. of emotions, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah it's important to, uh, to get a tough skin. Um, and that's why, you know, if yes. it was easy, everyone would do it, wouldn't it? But it's not easy. And, and, and it's, it, the difference between successful people and the unsuccessful people is how you respond in those times of crisis, you know, and how you yeah. respond, what your, what your attitude and mindset is. Um, yeah. You, I mean, I think in terms of, you know, in terms of what we're talking about today, it's, it's knowing when to downsize, knowing when to upsize, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of at one of those perfect moments again, um, where I lost a full-time member of staff and I'm thinking mm, we're still recovering from, from loss, of, loss of revenue from, from the pandemic. Um, I could do, you know, this is a, a, an opportunity to reduce my overheads, but it's balancing whether that's the right decision without putting too much pressure on the other staff and without being able to deliver the kind of service that, that yeah. um, I want us to deliver. And I think, you know, the, there's a lot more difficulties that, you know, we're having to get back through, particularly for, for you know, non-land-based people. You know, the whole running of a business remotely and getting, getting back to less remote working has been quite challenging as well. So yeah. I need more bodies on the ground. Yeah, it is a balancing act. It's a timing thing, isn't it, really? Making sure you're making the right decision at the right time. I suppose if you know your numbers and you can maybe look back historically and you can sort of plan ahead and maybe put some assumptions in there, you can sort of make some some well well thought out decisions and, and actions yeah. as opposed to just sort of you know keeping your fingers. Yeah, I mean, with with the exception of with the exception of uh, of two thousand and twenty and the start of the pandemic, there, there's 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 sort of a certain time certain amount of time that I can rely upon, and that's that's sort of March, but April, May, and June, and that's where I have to make my money, and yeah. I know no matter what happens, apart from pandemics, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's when I've got to be geared up and that's what I've got to make my money to see us through the rest of the year. So you've got to have enough resource in the in place yeah. for that for that part of the year, which is, um, yes, yeah. traditionally going to be, generally going to be very, very busy. Um, obviously, that was the worst possible time in it, wasn't it, for, for you and COVID last time? When, in March, I, I, yeah. When, when you're uh, yourself up for it and then you have to yeah. sort of lock down. It was it, it it was it was a bit like taking the taking the plug out of the bath. You know, we went from from sort of you know healthy number to virtually zero overnight. It was was quite it was quite frightening for a while. Yeah. So what if you think about the positive stuff now? Then so what what would you say? What have the most um, the most rewarding parts been for you in running a business? Um. It's, it's having really good clients, really good customers, people that I can pick up the phone to and say, look, I've got this person they want. It, it, it's that customer relationship. And the relationship with my team, um, you know, has been very, very important. We, we are, we're certainly more like family than we are just co-workers. Um, that's very, very rewarding. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, it, it's, it's really looking back and thinking, there are so many clients that I still deal with that I've been dealing with now for 21 years, and that's very satisfying. 
It says it all, doesn't it? I think if you genuinely care about people and being a recruitment company, you know, you've got to like people, you've got to enjoy communicating with people and getting on with people and doing a good job. So you've, you know, want to be doing the best job for your for your clients, the best job for your candidates, and the best being the best boss to your your team. So, yeah. so really just making sure that everyone's happy. Yeah. If everyone's happy, they're going to do a good job, aren't they? As long as they're in the yeah. right, right position and the right company. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so that's rewarding, isn't it? So you you really like helping people. So just as well you yeah. are, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. so, and, and to, to have some of the same clients for 21 years says absolutely everything, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, so what advice would you have then if someone who's a bit stuck in their business at the moment wants to expand but don't really know what those first steps are to take? What, would you, what kind of advice would you give to people? I think you have to look at where the pressures are in the business. Um, you know, so that you make the right decision in how it, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act between knowing how much business there is that you're not able to deal with um, and bringing people in without watering down the service. You, you, it, it's, it's about not watering down the service that you're giving. So this is, you have to think about it and you have to look at the numbers and you have to be certain what direction you're going in. Yeah, so knowing your numbers and having a plan, having a roadmap. Having a plan, yeah. 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 Companies don't have, don't tend to have a business plan. They, they work day to day, week to week, and, and don't actually have like a, a three-year plan, a one-year plan, a 90-day plan, and then right, what are we going to do strategically for the business instead of just doing, you know, week after week after week, just, you know, doing what they do as a, as a company. It needs to have a bit more strategy. But I, think you have, but I think you also have to be prepared to change your plan because, you know, you can put a plan in action and adaptability is one of the things when you're, you're running a business, you have to be able to see, okay, that plan is not working as well as I hoped it would and, and be able to tweak it. Yeah, you know what, what we always say to our clients is if you stick to a plan rigidly, it's not going to work. You're not going to have great results because there's so many other things that, that can come in, like COVID, for example, you needed to change your plan there at the start of last year uh, or the, yeah. you know, the back end of, uh, of that quarter, the first quarter, um, because you need to be able to um, be flexible and you have to adapt to it. But if you stick to your plan to the, to the letter, you're not going to necessarily have the best quarter because um, you need to keep your op an open mind with other things that happen and think, actually, well, that's now become a priority. Let's move that one forward to maybe... Or back to next quarter, and we're, because this is this is going to be more beneficial to us. I, th I think you've pro you probably used the right word there, Nick. I think that is, is prioritization is a thing. Um, you know, it, it's my website needs attention, but at the moment, I need to prioritize actually finding people for my clients. Yeah, yeah. it's all very well. Yeah. yeah, it's all very well having a, a, a whizzy 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 website. But if you're not filling the jobs that the clients are giving you, then, yeah, A, they're not happy, and B, you're not making money. That's right. And if you're not making sales, then there's no business, is there? <laughs> well, not for much, yeah. not for long anyway. Very good. Very good. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I think we've got one final question for you then. Um, if there was just one golden nugget you could give to anybody in any industry, Specifically, I suppose, for the purpose of this, um, in, in, in landscaping industry as, as an industry, not, not landscapers, it could be anyone in, in the horticulture industry. What, what, would you, um, what would you say that would be? If you, if you had one piece of advice to grow a successful business, what would it be? 
Ooh, it's difficult to pin it down to one. Um, I think it's knowing your figures. I think yeah. it's knowing your figures. That, that's the biggest lesson I've had to learn. Um, trusting your instincts. You know, I, I, I knew, I'm sure that I, I realised that I didn't have enough control and I didn't ask enough questions about the figures. Yeah. yeah. Why was that, do you think? Do you think, well, do you tell me, why, why did you feel like that? Um, because I thought I wasn't any good at it. <laughs> That's the honest answer. You, you know, the, I, I you have the knowledge. I did, yeah, it's a knowledge-based thing, you know. And I, I, I did English and European literature at university. Yeah. Um, you know, so in my mind, that's always been, you know, the weakness in my armor, so to speak, is is understanding figures. Yeah. But once you do, it, it's yeah, you're much more in control. It's much more your business. It's so, so good. So good. You know, I think people avoid figures because they're scared. But once it's like anything in life, if, if you don't know how to do something and you learn how to do it, then you think, oh, that's easy. But things are only difficult and confusing when we don't know how to do them. We learn how to do them. We think, oh, that's all right now. But really, as business owners, you need to love, learn to love numbers because Absolutely. once you do, like you say there, you're in control. And if you don't yeah. know your numbers, you're out of control and you're very vulnerable yeah. and your business is at risk. So having that, yeah. and I think the other word you said there, which is uh, instinct uh, and the gut instinct, having that gut instinct, that, that just that feeling, I think sometimes you've got to be, you've got to listen to your gut uh, as well as your numbers. And I think you can't, you can't take that for granted that, that, that um, natural sort of gut instinct you have for a situation. And if it's, if there's something not quite right, it's, it's probably not quite right. You know, yeah, completely. <laughs> um, but, completely. But, and yeah. the numbers will probably back that up. So I think finance, knowing your numbers, without if you don't know your numbers, you don't know whether you're making a profit or whether you're making a loss every month. Um, you're not going to be in business anyway. So um, yeah, I'm pleased you said that because that's one of the most important areas, obviously, of running a business. Yeah, great. Um, I think that's uh, everything for today. Then, Marion, uh, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, if is there you? Anything, how, how would people get in touch with you? If you want, if if, if anyone needs to get in touch with you, how do they? contact you what's the best way the easiest thing to do is to contact me directly by email um or by phone um but email is probably the simplest um and it's marian m-a-r-i-a-n at freshhawkedcareers.com wonderful well there we go let's hopefully hope, hope people have uh, found this useful and i hope they choose hope to so. Hope so. because knowing your numbers and getting the right people on the bus probably the most yeah. most important things you could ever yeah. do in, uh, in running a business and obviously someone like yourself genuinely cares uh, for people and for your clients and for, to get in the right match of, of candidate and job and company yeah. uh, that's what you do you know and, and you get that right and you get the numbers right you won't go far wrong yeah. so, wonderful thanks for your time today Marion it was uh, pleasure thank you Nick and um, I'll catch see you soon you. take care yeah we'll do cheers thanks a lot bye bye thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.